The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast. It is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, and I am Ross Tucker. Former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, long time ago now. Retired 15 years ago. It was an awesome temp job in my 20s from 2001 to 2008, mainly because it's allowed me to just talk about football ever since for a living. Got a bunch of media gigs, college games for CBS, NFL games on the radio for Westwood One, do the Eagles games in the preseason on television, do a bunch of radio stuff. Some other TV stuff doesn't really matter. What matters for our purposes is I do a lot of podcasts. I love podcasts. I've been in the podcast game well over 10 years now. You should absolutely check out the Ross Tucker football podcast tomorrow. I'm going to have Jeff Zrebeck, who covers the Ravens, on to discuss the latest with Lamar Jackson. He said that the Ravens are opening are open to trading Lamar Jackson. We'll get some more clarity on tomorrow's Ross Tucker football podcast. I'm going to ask Steve momentarily how we should be going about potentially betting on Lamar Jackson movement right now. Then we also, yesterday I had Kelvin Beecham, the right tackle for the Arizona Cardinals on. I thought he said some very interesting things about Kyler Murray. So, if you're not listening or watching youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, the Ross Tucker football podcast, you're missing out. It's only 30 minutes a week this time of year, and it's only three times a week. Usually Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, college draft podcast. We're getting you ready for the NFL draft, which is important from a betting perspective. We'll get more into that in April, shall Steve and I. And then of course, the Fantasy Feast podcast is a great way to help you guys that play DFS or best ball or whatever it is. You can check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. At Ross Tucker Pod is kind of where we put the full episode and or the highlight clips of the various shows. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I mentioned you can watch us on YouTube. 
you should absolutely be following this guy because he's the star of the show. At Fezzik Sports on Twitter. He is fantastic. There's a lot to get to, by the way, today, Steve. Next week, we're going to take our first look at the DraftKings season win totals in the NFL and just talk through it a little bit since DraftKings Sportsbook put it up. You know, we're not going to make any bets yet unless Steve wants to, but we're going to tell you kind of what we're thinking. And I'm actually curious to hear from Steve's perspective how many of these he's already attacked, how many he attacks right away when the opening lines come out, what the movement's been like. That's next week's Ross Tucker Football Even Money Podcast. Today, we got to talk about the Final Four and what we should be thinking about there. we got MLB opening day in a couple days, so Steve will tell us how we should bet MLB both the games as well as the season. Steve's still been crushing on an XFL. We'll get into that. But I want to start, Steve, with Lamar Jackson. Came out yesterday, he wants to be traded. Steve, we'll talk more about it on tomorrow's Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I actually think there's a decent chance he gets traded now. Um, the Ravens seem to be willing to do it. You know, he's he's very determined to get a certain amount of money. I don't think the Ravens want to give it to him. I think the Ravens are willing to trade him at this point, but somebody else out there has to be willing to pay him the money and give up the draft picks. My question for you is, what are we targeting right now? Are we targeting the under on the Ravens season win total, expecting Lamar might not be there? Are we maybe taking the Colts over or the Colts to win the AFC South? Because I tend to think they might be the most likely team to go ahead and trade for him. Just curious, or are we just waiting, Steve, until the information one way or the other becomes official and then we have that three-minute window or whatever it is to bet? Walk me through how we handle what's going on with Lamar Jackson moving forward. You nailed it. So my buddy, the hitman, is like one of the best at the world at this. And he's like Gordon Gecko in the movie Wall Street, which you know I quote all the time. But Gecko's talking to Charlie Sheen, and he's like, buddy boy, you're just guessing. You're throwing darts. The public's throwing darts right now. I don't throw darts. I deal in, in reality and certainty. You start getting me some information instead of telling me the information. So the second that uh, word gets out about where Lamar's actually going, then we go ahead and bet on that team, whether it be Indianapolis, whether it be Washington, etc. Those are the exceptional bets that you make money on. Remember, you're tying up your money for... I mean, you're not going to get paid until January on these bets. So they better be really good to justify tying up the money. Do you also immediately hit the Ravens under season win total? It's a great question. The ship has sailed on it with, um, you know, books are just putting up their numbers. DraftKings has the Ravens at eight and a half. So that number pretty much is already pricing in a good chance that Lamar is leaving, right? So uh, if it was nine, I would have played under at eight and a half. I'm going to pass. Interesting. So you think that that number, don't you think though, if he actually gets traded, Steve, that that number would come down or no? Yeah, I do think it does come down probably all the way down to, it could all go all the way down to seven and a half. But if he winds up staying, it's going to go up to nine and a half. So it really comes down to what you feel what, what, what do you feel, Ross? Do you think it's likely that he's leaving? Um, 
I would say for the first time, I'm like um, two-thirds he's somewhere else, one-third with the Ravens. Because hmm. I think the Ravens are kind of tired of it. You know, when it's just the player, Steve, that's not happy, that's one thing. I think the Ravens are kind of over it. You know, I think the Ravens are kind of like, well, we've offered them. I mean, we'll talk more about this on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast tomorrow, but they offered them $133 million fully guaranteed, $175 million injury guaranteed, with another $25 million that would lock in injury guaranteed in 2025. So really, practical injury guarantee was $200 million. I mean, it's only $30 million less than what Watson got on the injury guarantee. So um, I think it's unfortunate, uh, to be honest with you. I think Lamar has already left a bunch of money on the table. But, you know, he's a grown man and he's got to make his decisions. Personally, I think he would have been much better off if he had an agent. You know, these guys don't want to have it. He doesn't want to have an agent. Okay, Steve, he could get a really good agent that would do it for 1%. So in a $250 million deal, you're talking two and a half million bucks. I know it's still two and a half million bucks, but it really makes no difference in your lifestyle. It it makes no difference in how you go about things. Whereas if you don't get the $200 million deal or $250 million deal, that makes a big difference in your lifestyle and how you go about things. Also, it makes a big difference, and you can speak to this, Ross. You're multitasking. You're doing a fantastic job broadcasting. You're doing all this podcasting. Imagine if, like, you had another J-O-B where you had to do, like, all all these negotiations for some big contract with some other situation. Ultimately, it's going to compromise everything you do. There's not enough hours in the day to worry about all this. Lamar Jackson is injury prone. He's got to worry about the issues he's had with his body and be like LeBron James and just focus on that and stop worrying about all these ancillary issues that are distracting him. And there's too many things on his plate. I agree. Um, I very much agree. We'll see how that plays out. But I, I am glad we had this show this morning so that I could get your thoughts on exactly where we're at with Lamar Jackson from a betting perspective, because I think it's really, really interesting. All right. What about... The final four, Steve. Um, We know how big the tournament is from a betting perspective. I guess I kind of feel like maybe the data doesn't reflect this, Steve, and maybe we could talk to somebody. But in my mind, it kind of feels like people bet less as the rounds go. Is that fair? I hear all the betting for the opening weekend. I don't hear quite as much Sweet 16. They're still betting, but not quite as much. And then final four, it it feels like it's less betting each week. Maybe it's just a volume thing. I don't know. It's exactly a volume thing. So on everyone's bucket list should be spend Thursday and Friday in Vegas and stay through the weekend for that opening round with all the upsets and all the craziness and nonstop games. But now there aren't nonstop games. Now you've got a Saturday where the weather's getting warmer and I got two games only. And there's not simultaneous games going on. It's just the the excitement level is not nearly there. Not to mention a lot of people have lost most of their money betting already. So they have a limited bankroll to to put on all this. It's just not the same spectacle that you see 
the opening round. That's really the time that March Madness shines. Totally agree. Um, how how should we bet Final Four? Are you into it? Are there certain bets you like? Obviously, uh, we've got sort of the Cinderellas in the first game against UConn. I mean, UConn seems clear as day the best team, but I'm sure that that's priced and there's no value there. But you nailed it. So UConn is just clubbing their opponents, crushing, if you will. And so basic strategy says, if I'm going to get involved with this game, I'm probably going to have to bet Miami. There's no hurry at all. It's 540 on the West Coast, 840 Eastern time. So at the recreational books, I'm sure I'm going to catch Miami plus six. And, you know, what's not to like with Miami and the effort that they put forth, they're very well coached. So I'll probably lose my money betting against Connecticut with some Miami plus six at post. But again, no hurry whatsoever. If you are going to bet on Connecticut, probably bet earlier rather than later because this line will probably inflate. Interesting. Okay. Um, anything on San Diego State against FAU? You know, I can't help but think this sure looks like it's going to be a slow starting game. I know FAU can play with some pace, but San Diego State has a great defense. They can't shoot well. Their game starts slow. I think first half under 61 and a half probably makes sense in this game. Don't want it to come down to whether there'll be a foul fest or not on my bet. But uh, the first half under, I'll probably get involved with that game. Interesting. Um, anything else on Final Four? Is there any value to bet the winner at this point, Steve? It's not like a needle in the haystack anymore. Do you still just do whatever you call it where you just bet the, the one team back-to-back money lines? Yeah, the mechanical parlay will pay more for you for all these teams at this point. However, I'd be remiss not to say uh, congratulations to my buddy Will Hill and others that got there with Florida Atlantic 40 to one to make the final four. And Ross, they're as high as 300 to one in some spots. Um, I don't know how far back going we are to get that bet um, to win it all. No mechanical parlay would have paid close to this. Now, part of that is that unforeseen upsets happens much to my chagrin. So uh, round two, instead of Florida Atlantic being a six point underdog to Purdue, they were a 16 and a half point favorite against uh, Fairleigh Dickinson. So their path became incredibly different based upon that upset. So that rare case where the mechanical parlay would have not just done worse, but way, way worse than betting pre-flop on Florida Atlantic to make the final four and to win the tournament. Oh, that's interesting. Really interesting. You know what else is interesting? How much fun it is to bet on sports when you're drinking Labatt Blue Lights with your friends. Live life to the power of we. Take your football or basketball or whatever viewing or betting experience to the next level with Labatt Blue Light. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. All right, we move forward. Steve, opening day for baseball is Thursday. We're recording this Tuesday early in the morning my first question is, before we get into um, specific games, I know you have thoughts on how to bet specific games, especially early in the season. You typically get in on a few season win total bets, right? Yes, I do. And I'm monitoring all the teams. And, you know, another thing I do is I look at matchups, teams versus teams. I'll throw one out there right now 
for everyone that I bet Ross. So the Sharps have been aligning, saying that uh, the Giants have overperformed in recent years, but it's finally going to catch up to them, that they expect the Giants to be a below 500 team. They're currently lined at 81 wins. The Angels have underperformed for years, despite having the two best players in baseball. Somehow, they always stink. But the Sharps like the Angels this year to go over, so they've been bet up to 82.5. They were like 81.5. Money on the Angels against the Giants. And there's a matchup. Who's going to win more games? This is at Caesars and William Hill. Who is going to win more games, the Giants or the Angels? And it was Pickham. And for a while, actually, the Angels were the underdog. Well, that I got heavily involved with that. So I have bet big on the underperforming historical Angels to win more games than the Giants at Pickham as one of my bigger baseball bets of the year. Interesting. Okay. I didn't know. Um, I know you could do that, but that's that that makes sense to me. Um, you like the head to head, right? Because it's you're, you're you're removing a lot of variables. Well, it's it's a great way to basically expand the season from 162 games, which is what happens if I bet the Angels over 81 and a half. Now I'm really uh, looking at a 324 game season because I get to bet against the Giants for 162 games. And I'm betting on the Angels for 162 games. So if I'm directionally, if I'm right in my handicap with a sample size of 300 plus, I know they play each other a little bit. So maybe it's, you know, it's still over 300. The um, If I'm right, I'm going to win. Any one bad bet or, or bad beat on any one game won't matter, Ross. So I love the fact that I get a huge sample size on my bet. Con- contrast that with an NFL bet on a season win game. One, you know, Unlucky 66-yard field goal could sink my bet because it's one seventeenth of the season. Anything else we need to know, Steve, about MLB or we should be thinking about? I know you mentioned you think the scoring will be up. Is there any other, before we get into, you know, overs and unders for these first couple games, any other future bet we should be aware of or looking at? You know, I made a bet on will a – team in baseball lose a hundred games yes or no and i talk it's a bridge jumper bet so i bet yes at least one team will lose a hundred games i bet this minus 300 minus 350 and minus 380 and as it turns out the last three years baseball is a sport of haves and have-nots and the have-nots have gotten so much worse in the last few years the last three years ross Four or more teams have lost 100 games in baseball. Not one, not two, not three. Four teams have. Each and every one of those years, at least one team has lost 107. So to expect no team to lose 100 games, is uh, that would be so unlikely. I think the odds of it happening are probably like only 4%. So I really loaded up on at least one team to lose 100 games. By the way, there's two teams that are supposed to lose 100-plus games even if they just meet expectations, and that's um, Oakland is supposed to have a terrible year, as is Washington. Um, why why isn't it priced worse? Because the odds makers went back, I think, to 2017, and and in that year there were two teams. The, 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 the team that had the worst year lost 98. So I think they said, hey, over the last five years, four out of the five, um, we this happened, and one time it didn't happen. But I think just in recent years, more and more baseball teams have gotten very savvy. If they're having a bad year, they just dump all their veterans. 
and they play for the future. So even if a team's like trending towards, oh, we're going to lose about 100 games, then they just have a terrible end of August and September and they lose over 100. What about, Steve, MLB games? I, I know you're a believer that scoring will be up because of the bigger bases, even though the pitchers like this pitch clock they have and think it helps them. You know, there's a lot of controversy about the pitch clock in terms of who it's going to help. I think it's going to vary by pitcher. Some of these, like, slow um, relievers that spend 30 seconds between each pitch, they throw the pitch, they get off the mound, they rub the ball, they adjust their cap, they put some Vaseline on the baseball, they go back to to the uh, mound. I mean, it just, like, takes forever and I think it's going to completely throw them off. I think these relievers, they're used to throwing 103 per pitch, are going to get gassed. Um, but the bottom line is the bases being four and a half inches closer together between first and second or whatever it is, that is huge. So often guys get thrown out stealing second by an inch or two inches, and now they'll be safe by two inches. I think you're going to see stolen bases go up dramatically. I can only throw back over to first twice as a pitcher, Third time, you know, it's going to be a balk if I don't throw them out. So the bottom line is uh, advantage offenses, and I don't want any part of any unders in MLB, especially considering some pitchers are going to hate this this clock so much, they're going to implode, in my opinion. Interesting. Any other baseball bets, or are you ready to move on to XFL? Let's go to the XFL. What's the latest? So... XFL, I continue to talk about how great the kicking rules are in the XFL. Specifically, we all hate punts, Ross. So I love the punting rules. You punt it out of the end zone, the ball comes out to the 35. You punt it out of bounds on a punt, the ball comes out to the 35. The NFL should adopt that rule immediately. The kickoff rule is great also where 90% of the kicks get returned. There's no high-speed collisions. That's a great rule. The NFL should adopt that rule. It gives teams better field position. It promotes scoring. Um, I'm going to tell you who's going to win the XFL. So a team that's already got two losses, Houston is going to win the XFL, and here's why. Playoff format. There's four good teams in the XFL, and there's four dreadful teams. There's only one good team in the South, Houston. The other three teams stink. So Houston, when they make the playoffs, is going to get to play one of these bad Southern teams, probably Arlington. They're going to be laying nine in the semifinals. And then all they got to do is win the finals against whether it be probably DC, but it could be St. Louis, could be Seattle. All three of those teams are good in the North, whoever survives. Also big advantage to play in Texas because your travel is so much less. All these teams up North, they're, they're on the road seven of 10 weeks here where they're outside the state of Texas Whereas seven or eight of the weeks, Houston is gets to stay at home in Texas because of the travel schedule. Big all the teams practice and stay in Arlington. So big advantage to Houston fatigue-wise from that, big advantage for their path. Houston wins the XFL this year. They're currently like plus 230. And are you still rolling on your XFL bets? I am still rolling. I had a but I did have a one and two this past week. So I finally did have a losing week in the XFL. But um, the I, I love betting the XFL. It's a small enough market. You get ahead of all the numbers. Uh, you know, one game that hurt my feelings is I play. I've been playing Las Vegas to go over. I gave that out to you like a month ago. Every Vegas game has gone over since I gave that out, except for last week. I did lose with the uh, my Vegas over when um, the Vegas Vipers forgot how to score last week, and it cost me my over. 
I love when we get a chance to get some questions from our listeners, Steve. So let's get to one. Ever wanted to ask a professional sports better a question? It's time to Ask Steve. This question comes to us, Steve, from Mike. Um, now, these questions, some of these questions might have been from a while ago. And remember, if you take advantage of any of the sponsors on the sponsor page at RossTucker.com, send me the forward me the confirmation, Ross at RossTucker.com, and you get to ask Steve a question. It goes to the top of the list. This is from Mike. He plays several wagers early in the earlier in the offseason. I believe on Steve's advice, teasing the Bills up from plus one through the seven in week one against the Rams. Well, here we are, and the Bear, the Bills are now favored by two and a half points in that game. My question is, is there value in now teasing the Rams up to plus eight and a half, either with the same teaser legs I play with the Bills, blah, 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 and having a chance at a very fat middle if the game ends within a touchdown either way. So here's where he's at. Whenever you first said it, Steve, he teased the Bills from plus one up to plus seven and paired it with the Cowboys and the Colts that week. He wanted to know once the spread got to plus two and a half, if he should tease the Rams on the other side and try to middle. Yeah, so this is something for us to target this upcoming year. And I often talk about games lined close to pick them how it's rarely that the odds maker is going to be off by that many points that either team should be favored, even by three. But in, invariably, uh, just based on the whims of the betters, one team becomes the favorite or the other team. I'm a huge believer. I let the odds maker decide. If I make the game close to pick them, Ross, and it goes to one or more, whoever's getting the point or point and a half, then I tease them up to seven and a half or to eight. And then boom, if it reverses and the other team becomes a favorite, I am more than happy then to start throwing in teasers with the other team, teasing them up for, in this case, from plus two and a half up to plus eight and a half. What a great portfolio because think about it. I can't lose both sides of the tease. I got one guy, I I got team A plus eight, I got team B plus eight and a half paired with other stuff. And I'm just rooting for a close game. So um, whenever game is lined close to pick them, I'm always looking to tease either team if the odds maker makes them a one and a half or a one point dog. Very important that you follow this man on social media because he's pretty funny. I like when he ranks things in Vegas. He ranks the casinos. He ranks where to eat. It's enjoyable. He's at Fezzik Sports on Twitter. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. Again, we're at Ross Tucker Pod and we love that more and more of you are watching the show, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, which is amazing. Next week, we will take our first glance, our first look at the NFL season win totals on DraftKings Sportsbook. Other than that, good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.